0: So we're in, a, in the midst of a series um, that actually started on February 25th, even though we didn't announce a series, um, where since that time the Lord's just been talking to us about how to be the church, um, how to be the body and what that means. We've talked about functions and responsibility, oneness and unity and love and personal growth, and imitating Jesus. And today we're going to talk about building up. About building up. And the responsibility that the church has to do so. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 11 and 12. It says this, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Jesus gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people and to to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So let's just get straight to the point here. How do we build up? How do we build up the people that God has called us to be closely united with? The people that God has called us to, to be church with. When you look at this passage and it says that, that as a pastor, my job is to equip the saints, to equip the church, to do the work of the ministry and to build up the church. Okay? That, that word and, it, it puts the emphasis on the subject of, of you guys. Your job is to do the work of the ministry and to build up the church now the church it, it, it says also the church the body of Christ Okay, so that word for, for body is a, the, the small or large gathering of people in family or society that God has called us to that's the definition of that this isn't talking about big C the church universal what God is saying is you have a responsibility to build up the local church so, what does that mean to build up? If you're looking for a, a list, a nice, concise, you know, display of points, here are the easy answers for build up and how we can build up the church. Attend, serve slash minister, because they can't be separated. When it talks about serving, it's also ministering. Give, Live and encourage. And live means doing life together. Doing life together. So there's there's your your bullet list. Attend, serve, slash minister, give, live, encourage. And all throughout Scripture, we see that we have the responsibility to do these things. But I'm not here to just preach some clean bullet-pointed message today. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty of what that means. What does it mean for us to be the body? For us to do the work of the ministry? For us to build up the church? We build up the local church by having a heart that is changed. And we can't change our heart. We build up the local church by having a change of heart, by letting Jesus, by inviting Jesus and allowing Jesus to do this phenomenal work where He changes our heart, where that we continuously cry out again and again, Lord, would you change this part of my heart? Lord, I don't like how, how short I am at times. Lord, would you change that? Lord, I don't like how um Lord how how negative I am sometimes. Lord, God, would you change that? Lord, I don't like how Sometimes I lack patience. Lord, would you change my heart? And it's this continuous going to the Lord in need and this continuous receiving because our God is good. And He gives good gifts to us. He gives the Holy Spirit to us. And He makes those changes, you know, because we have a yielded heart. Our heart, our heart is, if we can be totally honest, It's flawed, and it's often self-focused. I mean, we we want what we want, right? We we desire what we desire. You know, if one of you guys are like, "Hey Mark, let's do lunch afterwards," I'd be like, "Awesome!" You're like, "Let's go to Burger King," I'd be like, "No." Let's go have Mexican. Okay, let's do Taco Bell. No, let's go to La La Fogata or three margaritas or. We want what we want. Now that's a superficial example. But our heart is flawed. Our heart is self-focused. God's heart is perfect. And God's heart is kingdom-focused. And that's what we need to have. We need to see the bigger picture of advancing His kingdom. You see, even though we build up the local church, we don't build the local church. So this is one of those precarious differences. We don't Grow the local church. That is not my job. My job is to help advance the kingdom of God. But in doing so, I build up the local church, but God grows the church. You know why? Because my name is not on any door or any sign or anything else. This is not Mark Harper's church. This is Jesus' church. This is his church. My job is to advance the kingdom of God. But guys, and your job's not to grow the church. Your job is to build up the church. There's a difference. We have to have that heart change to do this. Otherwise it becomes it becomes something that's done grudgingly. Or, or it's exhausting. Or we look for some sort of reward that's not necessarily to be found. Not here not on this earth. There has to be that change of heart. So where's your heart at? So I mentioned attendance. Where's your heart? Being at church is not about receiving the gold star award of attendance. Perfect attendance. You get a gold star when I was younger, we would get scratch and sniff stickers. It was awesome. It was way better than a gold card. Our teacher handed out scratch and sniff stickers. Unless you got the skunk one, that was bad. But most of them were good. So, so attendance. You guys, we're not here to attend. Okay, we're not here to attend. That's not the heart of God to attend. The heart of God is to come into this place and connect. Okay, that's the heart of God. We come into this place and we connect with Him. See, all we do is our worship service. We come in and we greet each other, we hug each other, we appreciate each other, and we mess with each other, and we bust chops and we grow in relationship, and that's worship to God. He's like, Look at my kids, they're playing so nice together. And then we sing, and then we receive, and we let them touch our heart, and we point people to Jesus and we say, You're awesome, Lord, and we and we exalt them, and that's worship. And then we bring the kids up here, and we pray over the kids, and it's worship. And then I get up here, and I we open up the Word of God, and it's worship. It's all worship, but it's all meant to connect us with God. See, we walk in this place, and we connect with God. And then there's meant to be this um, series of conversations. And in the conversations, we talk to God. God talks to us. Sometimes the things He has for us. Sometimes He has correction. And it's good. Hey bud, I know you wanna, I know this, I know where you wanna go. And I know where I've called you to go. And you're going the wrong direction. Hang a UE. Go this way. You're heading this way. I know this is where you want to be. This is where I want you to be, so just turn around. That's called correction. It helps us get where God wants us to be. Lord, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Go to the oak tree, take a left. Go up two blocks, take a right. That's direction. Sometimes the Lord in that conversation gives us direction. Sometimes that direction isn't about us at all. Hey, Kara, um, during worship, I, I want you to, I want you to pray for the brokenhearted. So God gives direction. Not necessarily to benefit Kara, but to benefit others. Maybe the Lord gives Janet a word, and Janet, I want you to, I want you to pray for harmony. I just want you to go pray for her. I just want you to let her know I love her. That's, that's direction. Maybe it doesn't benefit her, but that's direction. God speaks. That's what he does. He's not, he's not silent. He's not some religious icon on a wall. He's a living God. He's alive. So, correction or direction. Sometimes he just inspires us. Sometimes he just is affectionate with us. He's God. I'm not going to name. These are the five things God does when we communicate with Him. He's God. It's way more than five. It's at least eight. I'm kidding. It's way more than eight. You know, when, when I was in the sixth grade, we lived in Tustin, California, and our backyard faced the 55. It was the... What's the 55 called? know, They all have names. I probably put it in my notes. The Costa Mesa Freeway. See, in California, it's not enough to call it I-25 or anything. It's the 25. It's the 5. It's the 405. So our backyard was to the 55. And, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, there came a point when, even though the freeway was in our backyard, we just didn't hear the cars anymore. And family would come from out of town. They're like, how can you live like that? How how can you live with the freeway in your backyard? You're like, I don't know. I just don't even, I just kind of tune it out. Guys, when it comes to coming into this place and connecting with God and having a conversation with God, let us never go to that point of just tuning him out. Ever. He always wants to speak. But we have to walk in this place expecting to connect with God. We have to walk into this place wanting to connect with God. So, what's our heart in serving or ministering? I'm going to let Scripture do the heavy lifting on this, if that's okay. Psalm 100, 1 through 2, says this Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. First Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, Each. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, speak as one who speaks as oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Colossians 3:23 and 24, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord. Interesting little dichotomies, right? We're not working for men, but we do serve men as unto the Lord. We do it unto the Lord. We do it for the glory of the Lord, but we do have to serve one another. We do have to minister to one another. And in doing so, that ministers to God. What's our heart in giving? Matthew six nineteen through 21 says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And listen to this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. Your heart follows the treasure. What's important to us? I know I, I say it often, but show me your checkbook and your calendar and I'll show you what's really important to you. What do you spend your money on? What do I spend my time on? That's, that's what dictates to me what's important, where I spend my money and my time. So I'll ask us this. Are we investing into the things of the Lord? Are we, are we investing into this local church? You guys, there's room. There's room for everyone to serve. There's room for everyone to minister. There's room for everyone to point us to Jesus. And I haven't checked the offering baskets, but I guarantee there's room. You know, we can add more on top. Where are we following? Because this is about two things. This is about our heart. And this is about the now. This is about right now. And the beauty of right now is right now can be changed. I can change it right now. Now can be changed. My actions make a difference. Your, in, your investment makes a difference. How we live our lives makes a difference. What we choose to do in the next 10 minutes, and the next hour, it makes a difference how we choose to encourage and to uplift and to pour into and to love on and to do life with and to point to Jesus, it makes a difference. The investment we make in this world for our King makes a difference. Jesus said, where your treasure is, present tense, there your heart will be. Also, future tense, our heart follows the treasure. So, what are we doing with our treasure? The heart. What's the heart? When Scripture talks about the heart, it's the seat of wisdom. It's the seat of emotions and personality. It, the heart in addition to talking about the organ, is talking about our mind, our heart, our will, our emotions. Okay, it's the center of who we are. It's the seat of who we are. It's the real you. It's what we truly think and truly feel. So I want to encourage you guys with this. And I'm not trying to browbeat, but my, my job's, I'm not in the back row business. I'm just not. I'm not in the foot row business. I'm in the equipping the saints business, and so that's what I'm doing. But remember I talked about that condition of the heart? If giving is brutal for you, if it is just painful, ask God to change your heart. It shouldn't be. Giving shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be. It should be done joyfully and it should be done out of a sense of gratitude because we know who our God is. It shouldn't be nickel and diamond. It shouldn't be just doing quick math to find ten percent. We should say, Lord, it's all you. What do you want me to give? If giving's hard, just ask the Lord to change your heart. Because I'm not going to ever try and persuade you into that. That's not my job. But ask the Lord, Lord, I, I want. I want to trust you, and I just well, I'm having a tough time because I know I pay the bills, Lord. Would you help me to trust you? Lord, I want to be generous. Would you help me to be generous? Lord, I want to give. Lord, I want to make investment in your kingdom. Lord, I do love you. Lord, I love you more than me. Would you help me? And just let's just ask. Matthew 12. Well, actually, I think I'm... Yeah. Matthew 12:33 says this either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit you brood of vipers he's not talking to you guys you guys aren't vipers he's talking to someone else how can you speak good when you are evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks in, verse, in chapter 15, verse 8 and 9, still of Matthew, Jesus says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. God cares about the heart. It's the condition of the heart. You know, our, our, men's, uh, our men's Bible study that David leads, we're in Matthew 6. It's all about the heart. It's all about the condition of the heart. Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, your hearts, the center of who you are on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. All right, so I'm, I'm landing in this plane now. Heart in living. I, I've got a list of scriptures, and I could read them all to you, but they're, they're, they're scriptures you've heard again and again. So how are we to have a heart for living when it comes to how we're to be the church? How are we to have a heart? And we're to have a grace for one another. We're to bear each other's burdens. We're to be quick to forgive, but we're also to be quick to repent. We're supposed to be vulnerable with one another. But we also have to be trustworthy with someone's heart and who they are. If we're Christ-like, we will be those things. If if we're Mark like, we're we're in so much trouble. We're in so much trouble because I'm flawed. I'm a man. Kara's awesome, but if we're Kara like, that'll only get us so far. God's got to be given access to this heart so that we can truly do life with one another in a sense where we are worthy of this calling or that we are trustworthy. 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9 says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. In Galatians it says, "If one of you is caught in transgressions you should kick the heck out of mother down and just keep on kicking and kicking and kicking and kick no it says if one of you is caught in transgressions there should be restoration you should be restored into fellowship into grace church we we should never kick our wounded We should never eat our wounded. When when we're hurting, we should help that person be nursed back to the love of God. Pointing them to Jesus. Not some, you know, holier than thou, you know, well, I told you. I I told you that. No. Saying, hey, he loves you, and I know it's tough. Let's run to him together. I'll walk it with you. I'll point you to him. He's good. Heart and encouraging. What's our heart in encouraging? We're to build up the church. And encouragement is a huge part of it. It's a huge part of it. And honestly, maybe we have a, I think we have a passing grade. But man, we're not going to get that thing hung up on the refrigerator. We are to be constantly encouraging one another. Constantly. Constantly. It's just good, man. It's just good. You know, if for me to say, Eleanor, I love watching you with your kids. You're such a good mommy. You're such a good mommy. You're very patient and gracious. You're a good mom. I don't have to quote her a scripture. I just gotta encourage my sister. I just gotta let her know she's doing good. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep on doing it. I know sometimes it's hard. Just keep your eyes on the Lord. You're doing a great job. I mean that. That's, we are to encourage one another, guys. And it should be constant. And it shouldn't be when, when, when we've just been phenomenal. I'm rarely phenomenal. I'm usually pretty good. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. We need encouragement. Parents, encourage your kids. Kids, encourage your parents. Encourage one another in the workplace. You're telling me that that's not a Christ like trait? That if you are the most encouraging person in your workplace, you're telling me that, that others won't go, man, I love being around that, that woman because you're bearing the heart of God because he's always encouraging us why do you think we have that microphone set up right there why do we make that part of our service to encourage the body to point us to Jesus to uplift one another this isn't some one man show heck I haven't preached in three weeks last week Kara preached the week before that was Andy this isn't my pulpit this is God's pulpit and I love preaching But, but we should always be pointing each other to Jesus Hebrews 10 24 says this, and let us consider how to stir one to stir up one another to love and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You guys, it's not about attendance. Okay? We should want to be in this place to be together, to encourage one another, to be reminded of how good our God is, to let the gifts flow to, to be equipped so that we can do that work of the ministry we should want to be together we should want to come into this place I honestly most days I get up at 6.45 Wednesdays for Men's Bible Study I get up uh, however 5 something whenever I can get there barely on time that's my goal and can I still get there on time? But on Sunday mornings, I set my alarm. I set two alarms. One for 5, one for 5.05. Just they're right after each other. And I can't wait to be here. I can't wait to be praying. I can't wait to be praying for you to be in the presence of the Lord. I can't wait. This morning, I honestly, I couldn't wait to to pray for Dan and Ryan. To encourage them. I couldn't wait to preach this message. I couldn't wait to worship Jesus. I couldn't wait to pray for the kiddos. That's one of my favorite parts of the service, is when the kiddos come up. Because we have a responsibility, and if I can even be a little bit more blunt, you have a responsibility to build up the the church. Be present. Be engaged in the moment. Let's connect with the Lord. Let's serve. Let's minister. Let's give. Let's live. Let's do life together. You know what? I was just joking earlier. If you want to go to, you want to, go to Burger King, let's go to Burger King. I'd still prefer La Fugada, But you know, let's be the church. Hebrews 3.12 is my last passage and it says this. Take care, brothers. Lest there be in any of you an evil, an unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end as it is said today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts our God's speaking and he's moving and he's touching and he's healing and he's inspiring and he's correcting and he's directing Let's just have those open hearts and let's let Him do that open heart surgery in any place of our heart that He wants. Amen?